Welcome to Lost in Revision. All of our content is public domain, literature, fairy tales, and folklore. Our goal is to at least break even to cover our expenses. So any support that you can offer to help us reach that goal helps keep this podcast going and you entertained. All of our music is by Nathan Hubble and is used with his permission. Thanks and enjoy the show. Chapter 4. Paul Bunyan's Return. Part 2. It's said that there are a lot of agripelters and gumbaroos there, and maybe other critters as well, and they have scared everyone else out so that they are afraid to go into those woods. I don't calculate they could run you out, though, could they? And peered up at the giant form before him with such an amusing, quizzical look that Paul burst into a roar of laughter so loud that the old deacon was thrown from his horse and the people back in town thought it was thundering. Now, gumbaroos and agripelters were, in the early days, a very real danger to woodsmen, and any tract of timberland that sheltered them was rightly shunned by all ordinary persons. Most people today have never heard of them, having forgotten that long years ago, before most of the forests were cut down, there were a lot of queer animals living in the wild places where men seldom ventured. Most of these animals are now extinct because the lumbermen have destroyed their hiding places. But in the early days, they were to be found here and there, and some of them were very dangerous to man. There were the ring-tailed Bavalorus, and the wind-tosser, for instance, the agripelter and the gumbaroo, the snollygoster, and a lot of others. At one time and another, as history shows, Paul Bunyan met up with quite a few of them during his logging operations. The agripelter was a very strange animal and greatly feared because he had a special hatred for all mankind. No woodsman was ever anxious to run across him. He was very strong, with a slender, wiry body, a villainous, ape-like face, and long, thin arms like muscular whiplashes, so powerful that they could break off dead branches and hurl them with the force of a cannonball. He liked to tuck himself away in the hollow of a dead and rotted tree, and there lie in wait for his enemy, man, to come by. When a luckless human being happened to pass beneath his den, the gorpelter would seize a large club, which he kept handy for the purpose, and with his whip-like arms would hurl it with such unerring aim that very seldom did he fail to crack the skull of the unlucky intruder. Only one man has ever been known to survive an attack by this fierce creature, and it is from him that the description of the animal has come. He was cruising timber near the St. Croix River when he encountered the beast, and luckily the club hurled at him was punky and soft from rot, so that it shattered against his head and barely stunned him for a moment. He opened his eyes again in time to see the rascally agorapelter slip away into the woods and was able to observe it closely. The animal fed only upon hoot owls and woodpeckers, and the toughness of his diet, together with its scarcity, is thought to have been the cause of his continuous rage. 
The Gumbaroo was another fearsome creature that infected various stretches of woodland. He was almost round in shape and was the largest animal in the woods. He was safe from all enemies because of his skin, which was like leather and so thick nothing could pierce it. He could eat a horse at one meal and has been known to destroy a whole herd of moose without the least injury from the terrible horns of the fierce bulls. In fact, no creature was ever able to find a vulnerable spot in the animal's anatomy, for whatever struck the beast bounced off again with the same force. Even when a rifle was fired at him, so tough was his hide and so elastic his body, that the bullet was sure to bounce back at it exactly the same speed and strike the hunter squarely between the eyes. He was always hungry, always ready to eat anything that looked like food, and was especially fond of human beings. Thanks for joining us today. Check us out on Patreon. You can help us meet our small goal of breaking even and covering our expenses. Your support helps pay for all of the things that podcasting requires and helps keep this show alive and growing. If you can't afford to support us financially, go give us a good review, subscribe or follow, and share with your friends and family. Feel free to fact check us and offer suggestions to make our show better for you. You can also send us an email at lostinrevisionpodcast at gmail.com. There's a lot more. All at the end of the road